All right, we welcome you back into the show. It's Chris Lowe and Austin Price with the Texas Roadhouse in Turkey Creek. We'll go to the phone lines and welcome a very special guest, Mr. Dane Bradshaw. Dane, I can't believe we're going on nearly 15 years since you delivered your last assist and made one of your, what did you shoot, about 95% from the free throw line? Is that right? Yeah, the legend grows. That's right. I, I guess uh, I guess it goes up about three percentage points or so every year. So. <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to work, my friend. Now, the longer you're away, the better you become. It's certainly great to catch up with you, Dane Bradshaw, former Vol basketball VFL, and now does a great job as SEC Network analyst. Dane, as you watch this Tennessee basketball team, and I know we were texting earlier today, they're so good and so suffocating at defending and guarding you and just, just are, are so disruptive. As you watch this team play, and, and you can see the young guys getting better every week, the freshmen, other over and above the defense. And the def- I mean, I want you to talk about the defense. What else jumps out to you about this Tennessee basketball team? Well, even though they've been a little bit inconsistent at times on the offensive side of the ball, that their defense has been so reliable that it's okay if they're off. Uh, other than really the Alabama game, um, where Alabama has clearly exposed a lot of teams. But I also think if, if they were to have a rematch tomorrow, I'd feel pretty good about Tennessee's chances just because they, they know what's coming now. Um, I think people underestimate how much a, a good quality team can learn from the film. Now, look, if you just don't have the guys, you don't have the guys, and you probably lose the rematch too, but that's not the case with, with Tennessee. Um, but I also think, you know, even though on the offensive end they're at their best when they're sharing the ball and they're, you know, assisting on 80% of their makes, whatever it is, you know, th- those freshmen that you mentioned, I think really give them a different dynamic because they don't, they don't have a ton of break-you-down type guys, just one-on-one plays, go get you a bucket. But Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson give you that. And it's been such a luxury for Coach Barnes and really for the freshmen, too, to be able to bring them along pretty slowly. Um, and they don't have to come in to this program and be the guys that, oh, my gosh, you're our savior. We finally got a five-star recruit and we haven't done very well. No, I mean, Rick Barnes can go in their living room and say, look, we can win with you or without you. And, you know, and these guys have come along and, and certainly bought in and, and, um, you know, they, they knew what kind of kids they were signing before Keon Johnson, Jane Springer ever came there. But I thought those guys have really done a nice job. But I expect to see more and more of them. Um, to me, one of the biggest challenges Coach Barnes will have is just, you know, as you start to shrink that rotation and you get closer to March, you're going to have some really, really good players maybe on the outside looking in. And I think they've got the personalities to, to deal with that. But, um at the same time, you, you might have to start giving Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer more more of those starter 30-plus minutes a game. Uh, but on a guy like Keon Johnson, he can play so many positions. You don't necessarily have to just pull all those minutes from one guy. You know, he can he can play multiple spots. Hey, Dane, it's Austin. You, you referenced the Alabama game, and if they played again, you'd like Tennessee's chances. How much of it, you know, as a, as a former player, is just learning – you know, to play together? Because you, you, you do have some vets, but then you're sprinkling in those young guys learning to play together and then learning to close out games because they had points in the second half of that Alabama game where they had a chance to make a run or cut into the lead and really make this thing tight, and then they would have, a, a you know, an unforced turnover or a, a poor shot attempt. I mean, how much of it is just learning to do those things as a, as a group that isn't totally gelled yet? Well, uh, I think you, you bring up a good point. Is is 
maybe it's um, highlighted and magnified even more during crunch time because you might have some guys that want to be the hero and other guys that are trying to defer that have the potential but don't want to, you know, try to be uh, selfish. And there's a great balance there. And they've got plenty of weapons. There's no question. Uh, But at the same time, you can't have guys be be hesitant or, or passive. Um, and, and I go back to those freshmen there, Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, guys like that, to where as the season goes along and if you got the mismatch, if you got the play and your number's called, you know, go go get it. And um, But the good news is, you know, Tennessee is, is so good at passing up a good shot to get a great shot, those types of things. And there's just not a team – if I'm an opposing coach and I'm getting my team ready, it's like, hey, this is not a team that's going to beat themselves. They don't make a lot of mistakes defensively. They don't turn the ball over very often on the offensive end. They keep their big guys out of foul trouble for the most part. You know, we're going to have to go out there and, and really play our best game if they have an off night. And um, so, you know, Tennessee is, is just extremely talented in that regard and, uh, you know, have set themselves up to have a good chance to, to get an SEC title. Yeah, Dane, it's Chris again. You know, I, I agree that Bam and Tennessee both right now are the two best teams I've seen in the league. But I said at the outset of our show, there, there's still other teams in this league, if you watch them on any given night, you think, boy, they could have a chance uh, if, if things go right. Who else in this league do you like to maybe make a run uh, to not only win the SEC, but, but potentially make a run in the term, in the NCAA tournament? Uh, LSU would be the only other one, really, for that high of a mark. Because they've got the, the talent, uh, they've got uh, the, the players, they've They've got the coaching. Will Wade, no matter what people think about him, he can coach, man, and, and he gets his team ready to play. They're extremely prepared. Uh, he's great with in-game adjustments. They, they haven't had maybe that um, uh, big-time win yet on their resume. And, and look, let's be honest, there's uh, nobody's going to go out of their way to bring attention to LSU basketball right now because a lot of people might not think, you know, Coach Wade should be coaching. And that to me, that's part of what comes with it is, all right, until they can prove more and more and get a lot of victories, that's when they'll start getting more national attention and things of that nature. But um, there, there's no question. When they are locked in, they've been a little bit inconsistent at times uh, offensively, but they, they've got Javante Smart at point guard, Trenton Watford, who could be a player of the year. Cam Thomas is a freshman averaging close to 25 a game and, and an ultimate glue guy, Darius Days. You know, four out of their top five players could be stars on any team in the SEC. And uh, it'll be a big-time matchup. I'm fortunate I'm on the call it's Tuesday night. It's a night, late game, 9 p.m., but Alabama and LSU, and that, that'll be uh, uh, not short on, on talent and athleticism. Dan, when you look around the conference, what, what do you make of kind of the teams that are, that are playing well? I mean, Alabama wasn't expected to be this good, um, and, and Kentucky sure wasn't expected to be this poor. So what, what – Kind of what do you make of the conference at this point? Obviously, it's a different year, a different dynamic, and, and, and a lot of things to kind of just kind of filter your way through. Well, you know, the, the FCC really had to rebrand itself over the past, you know, six, seven years when it was just Kentucky and Florida. And right now I think you're seeing that, hey, there are other teams, and, uh, as they've proven to be over the past several years, because Kentucky's down. Um, Florida had the unfortunate incident where they lost you know, what many believe would be the player of the year, Keontae Johnson, um, with the medical conditions. And so with those teams, and Florida's not out of it necessarily, but look, they're, they're reeling right now. They're 3-3 three three in conference play, 6-4 and four overall. 
but I think you look at Missouri, who's, who's been good, maybe not great, but I think they've done enough work to where if they can just tread water, they'll be an NCAA tournament team. South Carolina is the other team that, that you know, they look really good out there on the court. They took LSU down to the wire on the road, but they've had multiple disruptions throughout the year. Frank Martin's had two positive COVID tests. I mean, you name it. I, I, I don't follow every other conference as close as I do the SEC, but, man, I, I would bet that nobody has had a more disruptive season than the South Carolina Gamecocks have had. But if they can get a routine down and get playing, don't be surprised if South Carolina makes a little bit of a push. And then outside of that, you know, a team that's not in contention, they've got a self-imposed postseason ban, but uh, Auburn's a different team now. Sharif Cooper's, you know, arguably the most exciting player in the SEC. He's only got three games under his belt, but the five-star point guard was ruled eligible um, earlier this month, and and he has caught everybody by, uh, by surprise, and he's worth the price of admission. Dane, before we get you out of here, I, you know, from your perspective, uh, being a hump's Hoops junkie, I know the way you are. What's it been like to watch the way Coach Barnes has sort of built this program? He comes in, and, you know, he's not really a guy that's out there trying to sign a bunch of the four- and five-star guys. He he tried to get foundation guys early, guys he felt like, could you know, he could really sort of build his culture with. And then now, ever since those early players, because we we all forget because he was such a great player, and Grant Williams wasn't the guy that everybody in the country was clamoring to get out of high school, but he got a lot of those guys, and now he's sort of adding four and five stars to the equation. But just to sort of watch the way he's constructed it, what's that been like for you? It's been awesome to see, but, you know, I'd be lying if I said I believed it was going to work out this way the whole time. I think a lot of us (laughs) that didn't follow Coach Barnes' career maybe that closely, you saw, okay, he got let go at Texas, and you didn't really know all the dynamics. I've been following close. Yeah, he's got a great resume. But is this a retirement gig for him? Is he past his prime? And then he gets to Knoxville, and, and it's, you know, look, he, he's great. Everybody gets along with him well. They're signing the guys they want to sign. But still, as a fan, you're sitting there like, all right, well, I'm not going to get overly excited over some three-star kid out of Charlotte that, you know, that we beat out Harvard for or whatever. Uh, but then the proof was in the pudding. They, they, they did exactly what they said they would do. They were going to build the foundation with the diamonds in the rough like the Grant Williams. And then they were going to get the four or five stars same way they did at Texas. And, again, I, I said earlier today uh, on the um, interview, I think that's, that's such a great luxury to be able to go in a five-stars living with the parents and say, hey, we'd love to have you, but we don't necessarily have to have you either. And we hope you come here, but we can keep winning the way we are here. But you're, you don't have to be the savior. That's going to take pressure off you. You don't have to worry about we being one and done. Just come in here, be yourself, play. And I'll get you to the next level, and our team's going to have success as well. And, um, you know, you look around the SEC, and the number of programs, there's some really, really good coaches in the SEC. It is a hard job you know, in any of these power five conferences. But so many fan bases are wondering, did they hire the right guy, or they got a wait-and-see approach, whatever it might be, or hot seats are starting to come up. And then you look at Tennessee, and you're like, man, how fortunate are we uh, especially the way the coaching carousel was, you know, over the past several years before uh, Rick Barnes got there where we had, what, you know, four coaches in four years or whatever it was. I think Dane hit the nail on the head. I don't think anybody saw it panning out the way it has uh, necessarily when he when he got here, much like a lot of people didn't see a 6'3", uh, 6'4", six, six, guard from Memphis panning out at power forward the way it did 
some 14 years ago. Oh, come on. Don't listen. AP, Dane Bradshaw was everybody's five-star when he got here. I he like was, but, but but not as a guard, not as a power forward. <laughs> I, I, you know what, Chris, I, I've got – I think the, the hate groups on Facebook would, would still prove otherwise that, that we're out there. That uh, Maybe we started the first two years, but redemption was a fun part of uh, year three and four. By the way, outside of a few gray hairs, I don't think Dane's aged one bit since he did graduate. Oh boy, yeah. You're you're really lying now, man. I've got uh, it, He he and Jordan he and Jordan he and Jordan Howe. He and Jordan Howe. Well, you should see my household because as soon as I hang up here we got uh bath time and bedtime and reading books and get ready for school in the morning. It's a, it's gonna be a disaster here in the next couple hours and then in the morning. So that well, that'll age me you are getting old, Dane. You're getting old, man, but all of our best to your uh, family and we certainly appreciate you spending some time. Love watching your stuff on the SEC Network, and uh, we'll keep watching. And uh, as you know, my son Adam Lowe's never had a more favorite basketball player than Dane Bradshaw back in the day. So I know he'll be excited to hear that we had a chance to be, have you on the show tonight. But, Dane, man, thanks a lot. Keep up the great work, man, and we'll talk soon, okay? You got it. You got the best anytime. All right. That's Dane Bradshaw spending some time with us tonight on The Nation, breaking down the balls and the SEC.